Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to Dwell a Cersei Institute podcast for homeschool moms by homeschool moms. I'm Renee Mathis here with my co-host, Karen Kern. Hey, Karen. Hi. It's so good to see you. And I'm so excited to welcome our special guest today that I'm going to tell you about. Her name is Tanya Roselle. And if you've been involved in the Cersei world, you know Tanya as maybe an online teacher, of our writing classes, maybe as a leader of our atrium group. And starting this fall, she is now the new leader of The Hearth, which is the Circe online community for homeschool moms who want to become classical educators, who want to grow in their teaching, who would love to have the wisdom and experience of an experienced homeschool mom like Tanya. And so we're excited to talk to her a little bit about that today, among other things. But um, Tanya is recently relocated with her family to the Charlotte area. She has two grown sons who she homeschooled all the way through and is now expecting her first grandchild on the way. So Karen and I are excited for you because we know how much fun that is. But anyway, so Tanya, welcome. We're glad to have you. Thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. So today, our topic with Tanya is called Reading in Community, and we chose this to talk to her because she has several book clubs and because part of the hearth is reading books in community. And so we want to talk today about some of the ideas that she has, um, her opinions on why reading in community is so valuable, why people long for that, um, how to maybe start a book club. And so if you're listening and you are interested in that, we hope that this will be helpful to you and maybe give you some ideas and some encouragement to start a book club of your own or maybe join one in your community area. And so um, we want to welcome Tanya. And um, my first question for Tanya would be, um, just describe for us your book clubs that you have started and that you're involved in and and how you choose your books. And we'll just jump in right there. So tell us about your book clubs. Well, 
to focus on the ones um, that I'm doing right now, because there are some that I've led in the past and for work, other work-related things that focus mainly on educational books and things like that. Um, but right now I am involved in something a little different for me because it's not involving educators. It's involving just everyday normal readers. Um, I started a book club with my uh, stepmom and a lot of her friends because she actually asked me to. Uh, she is of the generation that was more classically educated just naturally coming up through the school system and uh, was hungry for discussion, for good discussion on what we would call the classics and those were books that she had read, you know, going through school and realized she didn't remember or she um, just hadn't picked up in a long time and would love to revisit. And she had a lot of like-minded friends. And apparently they had been having discussions about these things, just, oh yeah, I'd love to read this or that again. And and so when she learned a little bit more about what I did with educators, she posed this idea if I would be interested in leading this book group. And, and so we've been having a lot of fun with it. We, uh, we've read Pride and Prejudice. Um, we've read uh, some, let's see, Count of Monte Cristo. We're in the middle of Shakespeare's uh, Midsummer Night's Dream right now and about to finish that up in a couple of weeks. And who knows what we'll do next? Cause I just throw out like five books for them to pick from and they vote and, and that's how we decide. So for that. So how often do you meet? For that book group, we will meet once a week when we're in a book. And then it may be, you know, a couple of weeks in between books or a couple of months, just depending on everybody's life schedule. So there's no set, uh, there's no set structure for that one as far as the schedule, because a lot of them travel a lot and it's, they're pretty busy. So how many people do you have in that one? It varies somewhere between 10 and two, just depending on people's schedules, the, their interest in the book, not everybody will join in for every book. So. And you meet over Zoom? I'm, I'm assuming you do. Yeah. We do. It's, you know, there are things about um, this electronic age that are very nice. And it's never the same as meeting in person, but being able to connect with people all across the country, people with really busy travel schedules for work or whatever, and they're still able to engage in something like this. So we do. We meet over Zoom and we have people from all over the country. Um, and, you know, even if you're on vacation, you can, you can plug in if you want to. And so there are some nice things about, about technology. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, there's also something to be said for in-person, you know, in-person book clubs. There's a, there's a different feel to it. So either one has benefits and it's really, you know, your stage in life, your ability to leave the house, right? If you're a young mom, you're not necessarily free to leave the house as much. Uh, so the technology again can be good, but 
um, even over Zoom, there's something, there are things that can be done to kind of make it feel homey and personal, right? Um, to make you feel like you're sitting around the table together a little bit more than just um, a bunch of screens looking at each other. So, yeah. yeah. Good to hear. Yeah. So what encouragement would you have for that young mom who feels like, you know, if you're drowning in diapers and housework and how on earth am I going to read anything, right? Yeah. Because reading just seems like my attention, you know, my attention can't be focused on one thing for longer than, you know, 10 minutes, but mm-hmm. I know reading is good for me and I know I should read because I want my kids to love reading. So how do you encourage that mom in that season of life? Yeah. And this is actually a question that that really hits home for me because uh, looking back on, you know, my own homeschooling journey, right? That's one of the things that I wish I had done better as I was going through was, was carving out that time. Um, but when I did start doing that, when I did start recognizing the benefits of carving out that time for me, for me personally, it was easiest to get up a little bit earlier in the morning. Um, especially depending on what I was reading. My mind was clearer in the morning. It was quieter in the morning, right? So that for me was much easier. But I I would say definitely one thing is just kind of evaluate your situation, right? Your life and and your personal um, preferences and kind of the rhythm of your days, right? And yourself is early morning going to work well? Is late evening going to work well? Do you have nap times that you're dealing with? But but find something in your day that you can routinely set aside a little bit of time. And I think that's another thing is, I think a lot of times we feel like we have to have this big chunk of time right to to devote to something like reading and i found that it was much easier for me to fit it in when i looked for 5 minutes or 15 minutes or 30 minutes to read um that that was much more doable much more realistic and so i didn't get frustrated as much because it was so much easier to fit in five minutes or 15 minutes right. yeah. than, uh, than looking for that hour. Cause that was never going to happen. <laughs> small steps, yeah. right? Small steps, small goals that, that are workable and doable. Exactly. And you do make progress even. Five exactly. Minutes, and plus you will get through a book. Yeah, yeah, you will. And depending on what type of book it is, that, that 15 minutes might suit it a lot better than an hour. You know, if you're, if you're, reading something that's really weighty and you 15 minutes and that gives you enough to chew on for a little while that might suit it better. You might be able to process it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, looking back when I was a young mom, that was before cell phones. And so I had books all over the house. If I was nursing, I had a book by my chair and I would pick up that book and read a page or read two pages. Or if I was in the kitchen I I had a book I could like stir a pot and like read another page because I couldn't put the book down. But now with phones, we can take, we too often, we fill those moments with our phone, checking our email or 
answering a text. And so I think we, I think it's useful to purpose to use those free minutes with a book instead of our phone, which is so easy to do. And then you waste, I don't know, I feel like I waste time on my phone when I could be just picking up book like I used to do. And so, you know, it's a good reminder to use the time wisely. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I am actually trying to retrain myself a little bit in that area right now. I've become too, like you were saying, Karen, too easily gravitating towards my phone to check my email or, you know, whatever, right? Good, seemingly good things to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and And I'm still one of those people that if I'm leaving the house to go run errands or something, I will grab a book. Because you just never know, right? <laughs> the The store is not open yet. It opens in 10 minutes. Oh, I'll just sit here and read a book, right? Or there's a long line in the drive-thru. Okay, I'll sit here and read a little bit um, as I inch my way up, right? There's all these, there are all these little nooks and crannies of time um, that kind of present themselves when you are prepared, when you have the book with you, so... And don't forget audiobooks. I'm a big fan of sometimes that can be a huge, huge help. I mean, obviously, yes. you know, if you're at home with little kids, you need to be present with those children, um, not tuned out. But there are times when maybe if they're down for a nap and you're folding laundry, listen to a book, right? Because um, it's, it's just one more way. And there's something beautiful about hearing the language read or I have favorite authors that I would much rather hear them read the book than here, you know, than, than for me to read it, especially if there are names and pronunci- pronunciations that I don't know yes. what to say. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, yes. I'm thinking real quickly, um, two that come to mind. So these are not classical authors, but um, Daniel Nyeri is popular recently. Everything Sad is true. Love that book. And you have to hear him read it in his own voice. He's telling mm. stories of his people and his childhood and where he comes from. And it's just not the same if you read it on paper. Um, mm. And then as a Southerner, I love Rick Bragg and his voice with his words is just, um, he wrote a book about his mom called The Greatest Cook in the World. And it's a cookbook. And yes, he can read a cookbook, but it's beautiful. So yeah, audiobooks. Yeah. Get, get a good and a good translation and mm-hmm. author. Definitely. Yeah. I, I mentioned I was, going through a Midsummer Night's Dream with one of my book clubs right now. And, you know, that's a perfect example, right? You, It's a play. You have to listen to it yes. to do it justice. Yeah. And so um, there are some wonderful, wonderful versions out there with the full cast and that. So you get um, not only the differences in voices, but you get the humor a little bit better. You You hear the play on words that Shakespeare is so famous for, right? That comes across so much better in an audio book. So definitely, Renee, that's a great point. Some things just lend themselves better to that. When you when you do Shakespeare with your um, book club, do you spend time reading it and taking turns reading different parts? Or are you mostly talking about, you know, the characters and the ideas? And do you have mostly to- this time we've been focused on the ideas and that because that's what they wanted. You know, I, I kind of find out, try to find out from them since I'm, you know, in, in an official leader capacity, I, I kind of find out what is it that you're wanting out of this, right? And so we may pull out a specific passage 
to read and then talk about. Um, but this time around, we're not reading huge chunks. But there have been other groups that have been involved in where we've done that. Um, there are a group of us, actually, the the class that I graduated from the apprenticeship with, we still get together and read through books. And Oh, wow. And Which books are you doing? So we've been working most recently through Poetic Knowledge mm-hmm. by James Taylor. And that was one that we actually started doing that. We kind of started the book where we were reading individually and then coming together and discussing it. And then we got to the point where we said, okay, let's, let's read this in community. Let's get together and take turns actually reading through the book. And that was so wonderful. I'm not sure what it is about literally reading in community that adds something to it. I don't know if my attention is better, right? I'm less likely to get distracted if I'm reading in community because I have that um, accountability or or what it is. But for me, that that can work really well. I think mm-hmm. that's that's a good reminder that um now no just to clarify, when you say reading, were y'all reading poetic knowledge out loud to one another or just you we were, were saying you were saying accountable for keeping up with the reading? So both, actually, we started out just reading separately and then coming together in community for discussion on it. And there is an accountability that comes along with that, right? Mm -hmm. And then we kind of switched gears and we tried out reading it out loud together when when we uh, were meeting. And there were benefits to both. Um, So maybe it depends on what exactly you're reading, right? And and what you're hoping to get out of it. But there are definitely benefits to both. And just the idea of reading a community in general has so many benefits to it. Right. Because I, whether you're one of the things I think with the apprenticeship and I saw and I'm sure you saw in your group and and Karen with, with your book club that you have, it's the accountability and the commitment that mm-hmm. If you can do that, if you can wrap your head around, I'm going to finish this book with this group um, and I'm not going to quit. Right. Then that right there, just finishing the book, right, is an accomplishment and gives you a sense of I have reached this goal and it it feels good. Right. It doesn't matter that, you know, you don't have a Ph.D. level understanding of the book. You finished that book together and you met your goal. Um, And I think that is something that is worth celebrating and it's worth being in a community for that, to, to, to encourage one another along. And when you're reading harder books, which again, I think that's another good reason for community because we can all pick up the easy read, right? We can usually manage to get down the, the thriller or the, 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 the lightweight chiclet summer beach read, right? But when it comes to something a little more weighty, sometimes we need those other people around us to encourage us when it feels like a slog, right? Um, and and one of the things that I pointed out um, this last weekend or a couple weekends ago when I was talking about reading to some other educators and, and homeschool moms was give yourself permission to just see the basics, what we call in Cersei, the big black lines, right? If, if you look at a picture in a coloring book for a three-year-old, it's big black lines. There, there are no subtle shadings and nuances there. And that's okay. Right. When we yes. first attack a book, when we first explore and experience this book, it's okay just to just to see the big black lines. Just what's going on here? Who are the characters? 
And if that's all you get out of it and you finish the book, that's wonderful. That's that's great. Yeah. Absolutely. And maybe that's just a place to start, right? Because just like with your coloring analogy, you don't tend to stay with those big black lines. You tend to move into the nuanced um, pictures to color, right? And the same can be with a book. We talk about layers sometimes. And I'm a big believer in the the layering that happens when you reread something. Um, this happens to me with scripture all the time. I'll be reading, I was reading in Philippians this morning, a, a chapter that I have read dozens of times, and yet I'm still going back to it and rereading it because I know there's more for me to get out of it, right? I know there's another layer of understanding. I'm a different person than the first time I read it. Um, I have different knowledge and I've made different um, connections between other pieces of knowledge since the last time I've read the scripture. So I know that when I go back and reread scripture or anything, you know, other things that it might be, I'm going to get something new out of it. Um, so yeah, reread that book, whatever it might be for the first time and see those big black lines. And that's great. That's an accomplishment and it's important, right? And it's valuable. And some of those books you're going to revisit. You may decide, okay, there's more. I know there's more in there that I can get out of it. And sometimes this is what happens in discussion, right? When you're reading in community, you may you may have read the book and be having a discussion and be like, well, maybe this didn't happen to you. This happens to me all the time, right? I'll read a book and come together and be discussing it with others. And I'll be like, I did not get that at all. I don't, I did not see what she's saying or what he's saying. I did not see that in the reading at all. I'm going to have to go back now and reread it with this new understanding so I can pick up more. Um, so for me, definitely, that's one of the huge benefits of reading in community. It points things out to me that I didn't notice the first time. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it makes the book so much more rich. Like we were reading in my book club recently, we did crime and punishment mm -hmm. and the different takes on Russ Gelnikoff, you know, somebody said, Oh, I hate him. I hate him so much. And it was just this really strong emotional feeling that this one reader had to that particular character for good reason. And somebody else said, Oh, I love him. I, and, you know, and then out of that really great conversation, and they could both see other each other's points of view, but it made it really interesting, much more interesting than just reading a book like that mm -hmm. on your own. So Karen, I'm curious, what are some of the books you've read in your book club, your, your mom? So uh, this past week, month, we, we did some Flannery O'Connor stories. And before that, we did Jane Eyre. Um, we have done a more, a newer book by Niall Williams called This is Happiness. I absolutely love that book so much. Um, set in Ireland, I could talk about that book, but I won't. <laughs> um, and we've done Crime and Punishment. We, uh, we've done, we did one called Wild Swans about China. So we do, I think we do a pretty good mix of, um, you know, we've done the everything from like the Odyssey and Dickens. 
We are talking about doing middle March this fall. Um, next, we're not meeting in July because it's too busy, but the next one we're doing is PG Woodhouse, a damsel in distress because that's August. Everybody's kind of getting back into homeschooling. They wanted something shorter and lighter. So I, I kind of try to like, we all throw names of books out there, but I guess I have the ultimate decision on what we're going to do, but I try to remember, you know, what's going on in everybody's life. That's a good, and, um, good point. That's, and, and then at Christmas, we do a really fun thing. Um, the tradition has become that we, well, sometimes we'll read a Christmas carol again and talk about that, but everybody brings a book from their own bookshelf wrapped up. And then we, you know, we play that game where you take turns, you know, unwrapping uh-huh. and then the, and then you can take somebody else's book or you can unwrap a new one. And that has just become so fun. You know, some of the books turn up again the next year. Uh-huh. Um, that's a really great tradition that we just have a party at Christmas. And I love that. I do. Too. That sounds fun. So Tanya, yeah. as, as part of the hearth this year and, and, and you're, you're putting your own stamp on things. And I love that you have incorporated now a book club aspect to the hearth. What are y'all going to be reading together this year? Yeah, that's, um, that'll be fun to figure out. I'm in the midst of, of praying through some different, um, selections, some things that I'm thinking about, but for, for the hearth, but I think that, um, it's, we're going to be focusing on a couple of different things. Every year is going to have a theme of some sort. And so this year we're going to be focused on the idea of beauty, right? We we hear a lot about truth, goodness, and beauty, truth, goodness, and beauty. But beauty, I think that beauty in particular is one of those where we all think we understand what we mean when we say beauty and and do we really and do we have a right understanding of it do we recognize the value and the the real importance of beauty in our lives and what does god have to say about beauty so we're we're going to be looking at um one or two books that talk about beauty i'm i'm looking at um a collection that uh, Roger Scruton actually wrote on beauty, um, just a, a short introduction to the concept of beauty. And so I think we're going to look at that and and talk about beauty and just understand. Renee is showing her book to us. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> For those of y'all who can't see the video, Tanya and I are holding up our copies of the book because great minds think alike. <laughs> I love it. Apparently so. So, um, yeah, I think this is one that we're going to dive into. I I was a little fearful at first, Roger Scruton, it might be a little too weighty um, and and that, but I'm I'm really enjoying it and it's giving me a lot of food for thought. So I think that's going to be one of the ones that for sure we do. And the other thing that I, that I want to do through this book club is fill in hopefully some of those holes in the foundations of homeschooling and of classical education specifically, right? So that's kind of what prompted themes on those transcendentals like beauty and and goodness and truth, those things that we hear about all the time, but maybe don't really understand as well as we should. 
And thinking back on my own homeschooling experience, um, recognizing that there were things I didn't understand the value of in the beginning. And I wish I had understood it sooner. And beauty is one of those. Having two boys, we were very focused on sports, not so focused on other other things like art and plays, even though they had experience with that. And they were both musicians uh, to a certain degree. But I'm not sure that I presented things in relation to beauty as I could have um, to really help them understand that concept better. So, you know, I have the opportunity through this to maybe pass on some lessons that I've learned. And that's what I'm hoping to do. So Beauty by Roger Scruton, I think we'll take a look at. And um, also looking at possibly Tending the Heart of Virtue by Vegan Goroyan, which is a just a wonderful foundational book that I think is great no matter what age the children are. And that's another thing I'm really trying to focus on is things that um, books that will help us help these mamas, no matter what age children they have, right? The, the infants all the way up to the high schoolers and everything in between. Um, what can be useful? What can they not only think more deeply and have a, a greater understanding of Christ <clears throat> through reading, but also what can they use tomorrow in their classrooms? Right. What can give them tangible things to um, to improve what they're doing on a day to day basis with their kids? Mm. So, yeah. That and I like find hmm? sounds like a great plan. I hope so. I hope so. I have some pretty big shoes to fill. So I had to really, you know, had to really uh, think of something. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to do, because you you both know when you have a group come together like the hearth, you have this broad spectrum of people, right? Lots of interests, lots of different abilities, lots of different knowledge levels, lots of different experience levels, and lots of different levels of availability, right? What what can they commit to? And so we'll have our our monthly, our two monthly get-togethers for the hearth. But I thought this extra, this additional meeting each month with the book club would be a way to to help incorporate those people who wanted some more foundational knowledge, had a little bit more time, or wanted something that would push them to find that extra time, right? We were talking before about finding those little bits of time in your day and making use of them. So this this idea of, of tacking on an optional book club um, is maybe the push that someone out there needs, some mama needs to find that 15 minutes a day or whatever it is. So, so, so can you give us just a brief synopsis again of what the hearth is absolutely. and what's for and how often you meet just because some of our listeners might not have tuned into that previously. Yeah, definitely. 
So the hearth is meant specifically for homeschoolers who are uh, seeking a classical education for their children at home. So as homeschooling, as a homeschooling mom, I remember I felt very isolated sometimes, even when I knew that there were friends who were also homeschooling. It's, it can be very isolating. And it can also be, um, you can feel a lot of attacks on you mentally, right? Am I doing the right thing? Am I teaching my children the right thing? Am I, do I know enough? Can I do this? All of those types of attacks that can wear us down. And um, I really benefited from having community that I could turn to. And that's what the hearth is meant to be. It's meant to be a community, but not just um, a, a not just a place for moms to come together and kind of forget themselves and, you know, whine about uh, what's going on, but a place where they can come together and enrich themselves and equip themselves to be better able to do what God has called them to do. Right. Um, so a place where they can get some of that foundational knowledge in community and at the same time, have that fellowship with like-minded moms, have that experience that there are other people out there who are striving and struggling and, um, fighting through to do this, that this goal that you've set before you to, to homeschool your kids, to do it well. Right. And, and have that support group. So when, when does it start for this coming school year? Yeah, we'll start in September. Um, the two, the, the regular track is that we'll meet twice a month the second and fourth uh, Tuesdays of the month and, or excuse me, Thursdays of the month, second and fourth Thursdays of the month. And so our first official meeting will be in September, the 14th of September, which is the second Thursday. Then um, each of those monthly meetings will have a regular focus. And there's a list on uh, the Cersei website that talks about the different topics that we're going to cover each month. And then in addition to that, for those who want it, there's this book club that's optional, completely optional. So you can be a part of the hearth and go to the, the twice a month um, discussions and never participate in the book club. And that's totally fine. Or you can jump in and do the book club whenever you have time. And that's great too. The book club is going to meet the first Thursday of every month. Um, so that means if you're participating in all, it's three times a month that you're getting together with a group of mamas from all over, right? And learning and growing together. So, okay, so so our listeners can learn more by going to the Cersei website, right? Mm -hmm. And looking up training. Looking up training. Um, looking up, yeah. Looking up training, uh, resources going right or 
under training, the hearth, or right now they have the banners going across all the time. So you just um, find that beautiful picture of the the hearth and the fire going um, or in the search bar. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, we are about at the end of our time here. Uh, 30 minutes is what to try to keep it to. So I want to thank you, Tanya, for being here with us. Really fun to talk about book clubs with you and with Renee. And um, I hope that our listeners check out The Hearth and get to read books with you and talk about all these great ideas. I would love that. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Karen and Renee. And and I'll see you. um, Hope to see you both soon. Thanks. Here's to home. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.